I'm Felina. And I'm Summer. And you are listening to Broke and Broken. <laughs> because we're both. The podcast about living your best life by getting real. Hey, broken people. This is Summer. I apologize for my voice. School is back in session, which of course means one of my kids brought something home. And although I'm recovering, my voice hasn't quite made it yet. Um, but this week, we are signal boosting our friend Lisa Landry um, recently on her podcast, she had me call in and we had a conversation about the injustice that she's been dealing with in family court, which sadly is not terribly uncommon. So we just wanted to share her story and, you know, bring some more attention and awareness. So please listen to her words and share them, pass them along. People need to be aware of what's happening and hopefully to start coming together to protect the children. Lisa. Yes, baby girl. When I grow up, I want to be a woman to society. And so shall you be. Hey, this is Lisa Landry. Welcome back to A Menace to Society. I am thrilled to welcome back today's guest, Summer Wesley. She is an activist with Choctaw Nation. She was recently featured on NPR. Her earrings are in the Smithsonian Institute, and she is a social worker in the beautiful state of Oklahoma who also holds a jurist doctorate, meaning she used to practice law, but she's no longer doing that. Is that right, Summer? That's correct. And why did you decide to get out of law? I became very disenchanted. My practice focused mostly on family law because I already had issues with the criminal system. (laughs) (laughs) But I thought family law could make a difference, right? But then I became very disenchanted with the system. I saw all the ways it was being exploited and used as a tool for abuse. And I just, my own mental health couldn't deal with that anymore. And I decided to leave the practice and focus on social work and mediation. As a survivor of family court myself, I applaud your decision to go into social work and stop dealing with family court for the for the moment. Yeah, it's something else. It's unfortunate because we all think of it as, you know, the place that we can get recourse and justice and it just doesn't work that way in in practice. You know, that's why I wanted to talk with you today. Um, I really value what you've done and what you are accomplishing and your truth, your honesty, and your mind. I am currently being savaged by a family court situation. You know, I've gone public on Twitter about the fact that my child has been trafficked through family court. He was exploited to win money in a lawsuit. And the more that I kept saying these problems my child is having are being exacerbated to win more money, I was accused of trying to sabotage the lawsuit. I was accused of trying to malign my ex-husband's intentions, which were to defraud an insurance company. And it's one of the reasons I lost custody. I was telling the truth. And I believe that's witness tampering when somebody is saying this isn't actually happening, but they're making you go along with the dishonesty. I don't think that's legal. Unfortunately, there's a lot of gray area in the law, and some people get very good at playing those things where they can exploit the system, but manage to do it without ever having to face recourse because they stay just enough inside the lines. There's been a few different GALs involved in my specific case, and one of them, I gave him a video of my child 
proving that certain things that were being said about him weren't actually happening. And the GAL, his name is Peter San Giovanni. He is directly involved with the trafficking of my child. And I gave him this information and he smirked and said he didn't want to affect another lawyer's case out of state. So instead of protecting my child from exploitation and abuse, he actually went along with it and then threw me under the bus by allowing my ex-husband to provide testimony that was completely in opposition to what was being provided to the out-of-state probate court where the insurance fraud took place. I don't think you're supposed to do that. Like if somebody comes to you with actual documentation that one parent is lying about the child to win money, I don't think you can just say, I don't want to mess up another lawyer's case. No, because your obligation as the guardian ad litem when you're appointed by the court is to give recommendation that's in the best interest of the child. Out of state lawsuit shouldn't be, isn't supposed to be a factor at all. Yeah, I didn't think so either. This guy, San Giovanni, also threatened me. He told me at one point he didn't like the way I spoke to him. I don't like the way you speak to me, and I'm going to take that into consideration when I decide custody. Uh, That's a threat. I've never cursed this gentleman. I've never insulted him. And, you know, you don't decide custody. That's up to the judge. It's been my experience. A lot of information does not make it to the judge, so the judge can make a fair and rational decision based on evidence. Instead, they are trusting GALs to provide information to them, and a lot of it does not get relayed. Unfortunately, that's always a possibility because the way, I mean, I've never practiced in other states, but at least here, the only thing that goes from the GAL to the judge is their report, right? So they don't have to account for all of the information that they learned along the way, only what they include in their report. So there's always a possibility of them knowing volumes more that they're just failing to report. Yeah, that's not okay. That's an abuse of power, it seems. That's been my experience a lot. And I don't want to say that there are Uh, a bunch of evil GALs out there. I actually had a good GAL. I had a woman named Judith Assad who was assigned in 2012. This has been seven years. Seven years my child's been trafficked through Providence Family Court. And in 2012, she was actually bounced off my case. She wanted me to have placement of my child. She thought I was the better parent, the more responsible parent, the more honest parent. And she did believe that my ex-husband was abusing our son. And she wanted me to have placement. My ex-husband went to the judge and he and his lawyer got her bounced off the case by saying that she might have had sex with my attorney at the time. And the judge actually bought that. This is a married woman, a professional woman, and trusted to be a GAL. And she was bounced off a case because she might have had sex with my attorney. So, she, <laughs> I know, right? What's happening here? And then. And the first thought that comes to mind is if that accusation was made about a male attorney, it would almost always be shrugged off. Wouldn't it? Uh-huh. And then they put this Peter San Giovanni into, into play, the guy who threatened me, and in my opinion, withheld evidence and let me be thrown under a bus, and my child to be uh-huh. exploited and trafficked. And then my son was placed with this social worker whom I fought against her appointment because she had such horrible reviews online um, from previous clients and this woman Laura Ryan is trafficking my son currently and what's happened Summer this is just it's mind-blowing my son actually disclosed abuse when I was living in Nevada he was out there with me for a few weeks 
a foster mother and as you know because you're a foster mom foster parents go through training they are actually taught to recognize and deal with situations where children have been harmed or traumatized so right. this is a person who's been trained by the state of Nevada she is witness she offered a statement to the court I had evidence that the Nevada Police Department uh, in Henderson, where I was living, the Henderson PD, did not want to listen to because they said this was evidence. It must go back to the state with jurisdiction, Rhode Island. So I gave this evidence to a police officer, and he refused to listen to it. Nobody in Rhode Island will listen to it. Police officer went out to my son's school and verified information I gave him with teachers went out to my ex-husband's apartment and verified more information, which I had given to the police, and still didn't do anything to protect my child. My son is sitting in therapy with this Laura Ryan woman who is in complete violation of state and national codes. She was serving as my son's therapist when she was approached, as best I understand, by Pete San Giovanni, who went to her and asked her to do a custody evaluation. She was already my son's therapist. She is not supposed to do any sort of evaluation because she's not supposed to weaponize my child's words given to her in confidence. She's never met me. She's never watched my child interact with me. She went to the court and filed this report, which she never should have written. And you know that because you're a social worker. That's against code. It's a conflict, right? Because yeah. you, you can't really be objective. <laughs> no. In the, yeah. And she was letting my ex-husband sit in on the therapy sessions. So this is someone that I've been reporting as uh, an abusive person who does not tell the truth, a person who has perjured himself in probate court as well as family court, is sitting in therapy with his child whom he's been abusing for years. And that's not supposed to happen either. It's pretty depressing. But where we are now is I'm currently being threatened by the court. And I think a lot of that is because I am being very public and vocal about the fact my son's been trafficked and is currently being trafficked. It's so overwhelming and so illegal what's going down. The court is still allowing this Laura Ryan woman to administer therapy to my son, even though she's violated all these codes. And the court decided the new GAL, her name is Elizabeth Ortiz. Elizabeth Ortiz and the judge and our lawyers decided that I should go into co-parenting therapy with my ex-husband, as well as <laughs> reunification yeah right which is never appropriate when there has been abuse never <laughs> ever ever never so i'm in therapy with this guy who purges himself constantly and i'm going to therapy with him and i'm supposed to be reunified with my child because when i reported the abuse in 2015 i actually lost i lost the possibility of seeing my child i was put onto supervised visits because of this report that Laura Ryan submitted to the court, which is filled with ex parte communication and falsehoods, chronologically impossible records, which as you know, as a social worker, and I'm in training to become a therapist, often in our profession, or my aspiring to be profession, a lot of fraud is committed by people giving false records of when they counseled people. So this report is filled with chronologically impossible dates, misinformation, ex parte communication, outright falsehoods, things that work against every social worker's code, 
state and national laws. I go into this co-parenting situation with my ex and I walk into this office. I'm, I'm told to go to Dr. Terry Giblin. He's a psychiatrist. I would reckon he's in his 70s. He's also a supervisor for counselors and therapists in training in the state of Rhode Island. So he's very highly esteemed. Yeah. And I go into this gentleman's office and he asked me what's going on. And I told him, I said, um, my ex-husband's very abusive. My son had suicidal ideations. He was self-harming. He disclosed abuse and I moved to protect him. And as you know, if you don't protect your child, if your child is telling you, I still want to die sometimes, mommy, you by law must take your son or your daughter to a medical facility who can sit down and figure out what's going on. Otherwise, you can be charged with failure to protect. Right. Or if you don't report and allow them to even be alone with the abuser again, it's failure to protect. It's yeah. a catch-22 <laughs> because then also when with family courts, when, mo when mothers report abuse by the fathers, her odds of losing custody more than double. There was a uh, study that came out earlier this year that showed that when mothers report abuse by of the children by fathers, it is being treated as a presumption of their attempting to alienate them from their fathers. Right, we and lie. Always, right, right. women are liars. And they lose custody. Right, because you're lying, because you're trying to gain footing in family court, so you're making this up. You know, your, your child can actually test positive for being raped, mm -hmm. and you will still be called a liar even though you have right. hospital records. And that didn't happen in my case. That's not what I'm trying to say happened to my son, you know, praise God. But um, I go into this guy's office, the psychiatrist, and I tell him what's going on, you know, abusive acts. I lost custody because I was trying to protect my son. And this guy, Dr. Giblin, he says to me, welcome to Providence Family Court. Deep, right? So I think this guy is going to be above board. I think this guy is an ally. I think this guy gets it. What you just said is the fact when you report my son's being abused, my daughter's being abused, they think you're lying. The kid, they think the kids are being coached. I'm thinking, okay, this guy is present. He understands it. As I start going to co-parenting therapy with my ex-husband, my ex-husband is badgering me. He is throwing baseless accusations at me. He is trying to malign me as the one who lies to the court. He is trying to make it seem like all of these disclosures my child said, and again, there's a witness who offered statement, we're liars, I'm lying, I'm making all this up. I'm alleging I was sexually assaulted by Richard Corley, the lawyer who sexually assaulted me who was in charge of my custodial visit. I'm a liar, basically, I'm just not to be trusted. And I, I keep saying, I can actually prove what I'm saying. I actually have proof. I, I don't like what you're saying to me. I'm here in good faith. I'm here just to get on with co-parenting with you. Let's just focus on our child. And this goes on time after time. These sessions break down. They start really breaking down because Dr. Giblin, instead of just leading the session and saying to my ex-husband, you know, if she has proof, let's see that proof. Let's try to figure out how we can get to a better place. He, Dr. Giblin, actually starts confronting me and trying to act like I'm the one who is lying and badgering me in the sessions, allowing my ex-husband to point his finger at me and scream at me to the point where I actually went to the GAL and said, I, I can't take this abuse anymore. This is traumatic. You know, I've already been threatened with arrest warrants for trying to protect my son. I've been... Um, 
withheld from my son for over a year because of the sexual assault. I didn't have a supervisor and my ex-husband would not allow us to see one another. My child's been traumatized. He was taken from his mother at a tender age. And you know, the ACLU is currently suing our federal government on behalf of the mothers who have been taken from their children on the border because of the trauma that they have experienced and the lifelong repercussions this will cause for the children. And they should do that. The ACLU should step in because this is so, so unrighteous, so wrong to do this to, to these children and these moms. So I'm telling the GAL and Dr. Gillen the same thing. What about my son? What about his trauma? Uh-huh. You know? And the GAL finally, after a few, you know, of me going back and forth with her, she agrees that we're going to suspend co-parenting therapy because it's not going anywhere. And now the doctor's engaging in abusing me. Uh-huh. At the same time, my son starts coming to reunification therapy with me. And you know, I, I wanna interject at this moment, we are able to speak on this because in group therapy, there is no confidentiality. And being ordered into reunification therapy and co-parenting therapy is technically group therapy. And that's why I'm able to discuss this legally. Okay. I'm in reunification therapy with my son. My son is accusing me of being a liar. I'm lying about Richard Corley sexually assaulting me because he's a nice guy. I'm lying about this. I'm lying about that. My, my little boy has all these memories, quote unquote, that he's telling me happened. I'm like, no, that didn't happen. That, that absolutely didn't happen. And I can prove that didn't happen. Now, this psychiatrist, girl, this psychiatrist, instead of just saying to my son, your mom's being called a liar, but she's saying she has proof. Do you want to hear what she has to share with you? The frigging psychiatrist starts badgering me and confronting me. He wants me to agree with these lies and falsehoods. And I said to him, I'm not gonna agree with something I didn't do. I'm not gonna admit to things I didn't do. That would be erroneous. And then I go back and I look online at my school portal. There's no therapeutic model where you lie. I can't find one model of therapy where you admit to things you didn't do or lie to make anybody feel good. Because Dr. Giblin's telling me I should just agree with my son because it'll make him basically feel better, which doesn't make any sense. No, because that doesn't serve any purpose. It It doesn't help or further the goals of the therapy in the first place. Right. Yeah, trust is the cornerstone of therapy. Honesty is the way to change. You have to be honest. So this guy wanted me to agree to things I didn't do. And he was getting really mad at me because I wouldn't agree with things I didn't do. That's how people end up in prison. You don't admit to things you didn't do. So the next time I come into therapy, Giblin tells me I misunderstood. He just wanted me to be more empathetic and just honor my son's feelings. And I was honoring my son's feelings by telling him, I'm sorry you're mad. I'm sorry we've been withheld from one another. I'm sorry that you're angry. I hope we can come to a better place. Right. Okay. Long story short, my child keeps telling me I'm lying about stuff. He comes into a session. He's got four printed out tweets that I have tweeted. My child and my ex-husband have both stated in therapeutic sessions that my kid does not go online. He doesn't go online. So I'm not sure how he came into these four specific tweets. But my child comes in and he wants me to tell him why I'm tweeting out about how Richard Corley protected traffickers instead of basically doing his job 
and sexually assaulting me. And my child's accusing me of lying about all this stuff. And again, I tell him, you know, I, I have proof, son. I have, you know, I have proof of this. And my son's accusing me of all this other stuff and being a liar. My son's saying, you lie all the time. You lie all the time. This is what my ex-husband's been telling the court. I lie all the time. My little boy's pointing his finger at me, just like his father does in past sessions. He's parroting his father. He's actually using a variation of words put out in that custody report that Laura Ryan authored, which by the way, Dr. Giblin stated in a session with my ex-husband and me was unethical and not real. He used those two terms, unethical and not real. Not real? Not real because she never met me. She never witnessed me with my child. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. She never did uh, the battery of work that's supposed to go into it. She didn't reach out to my family members. There's a whole lot of things that are missing from that original report, which the doctor acknowledged. He said it wasn't real. He said it was unethical for her to do this when I met him. He told my ex-husband and me in a session it wasn't real and what she did was unethical. And um, my son's saying that I'm lying and I'm a liar. And I was like, you know, I'm not the one lying to you. You're being lied to, but it's not by me. And my son's like, well, who's lying to me? And I said, Laura Ryan, for one, is lying to you. She's lying to you because she never should have taken your words and weaponized them. She didn't tell you that she was taking your words to put them into an evaluation. She never gave you informed consent appropriate for your age to do so. She never gave me informed consent when I spoke with her on the phone the one time that she used my words against me months later. Anyway, I'm telling my son this. And I said, you know, what she did was unethical. I say this to my child. Even Dr. Giblin said that what she did was unethical. Dr. Giblin's saying, I never said that. And I'm like, yeah, you did. And Dr. Giblin's like, no, I, I said it's not real. Okay. And I'm, I'm telling my son, you know, these are the people who are not guiding you correctly. They're, they're exploiting you and you have, you've been trafficked. That's what's going on. So my son's telling me I'm lying about this stuff. Dr. Giblin looks at my child and says to him, you know, my mother was a liar. She had trouble with the truth. But you have to accept your mom, even with her lies, because it makes you a stronger person. The subtext being being uh, validating his idea that you lie about everything. Exactly. So when Dr. Giblin said that, you know, I'm sitting there mortified, and I said, what did your dad do? And Dr. Giblin tells me he wasn't, he wasn't around. He didn't get to meet him. In his, he had to wait to meet him in his 30s because his father left the family when Giblin was a baby. Uh-huh. So now I'm sitting there thinking, okay, you have an absentee father, but you're going to sit here and malign your own interpersonal relationship with your mom by a self-disclosure, which is a bomb being thrown right now into this reunification therapy because basically you are backing up my son's delusion that I lie. Right. Instead of unpacking that and trying to process through that, he undermined any chance of doing that. That's how I felt, too. So I wrote a letter to my lawyer and the GAL basically stating that, you know, I don't know what this guy's decision with his self-disclosure was. I don't recognize this technique. I don't think it was good. I think therapy's ruptured, basically. I don't know if I wrote that to both of them or just said that to my attorney. I'm not sure. Uh But basically, you just blew shit up is what happened right and um and also this doctor is forgetting or misremembering my ex-husband and i are not supposed to show him materials i've actually walked back into the room because i forgot a laptop in the therapeutic setting 
I walked back in to grab my laptop. My ex-husband's standing there. I think he was showing him texts that I had sent. He's not supposed to do that. That's a violation of the court order. And this Dr. Giblin guy said that we should not go with contempt charges during reunification slash co-parenting therapy. No contempt charges should be brought at this time. Basically encouraging my ex-husband to continue breaking the orders of the court because I'm not the one breaking the orders. He is. He's the one withholding phone calls. He's the one who just, you know, takes his time to follow through on court orders. He's the one turning my son against me as we're going through this. My son and I, we were withheld from one another for a year and we were placed on supervised visits because I was trying to get him help. So we've had a very horrible breakdown in our relationship, not caused by us, by these people who are trafficking him and breaking the law, you know? So I reach out and I tell people what's going on. I go back into the therapy setting. I would reckon it was about two weeks later. I go into therapy and I put in that email, I don't know if this Giblin guy is senile. I don't know what's going on with him. He is misremembering communication and therapy. He is not telling the truth about his relationship with my ex-husband. He is badgering me. He's confronting me. He is trying to get me to admit to things I didn't do. I go in and this Giblin guy, he was very cross with me. And he's like, so you think I'm senile? And I said, I, sir, honestly, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. All I know is things are not happening the way they were supposed to happen because this is not, it doesn't seem like good practice to me, basically. Um, right. So I have a therapy session with my son. My son doesn't want to talk to me. He hates me. I'm a liar. He's having all these emotional issues because I'm back in his life. Mind you, a few months ago, my son was glad I was back in New England because he loves me and it was good for me to be closer to him. My son was happy to see me when we had visitation. My son was hugging me and telling me he loves me. And as the court ordered visitation and therapy started ensuing, my, my child had problems being with me, okay? Which leads me to believe it's his father setting that stage. So we're in therapy and my son's telling me he hates me. I'm a liar, all this stuff. And of course I'm hurt. And I recognize that my son is giving statements that aren't based in truth. And I've been reporting to the GAL for months. My son is not giving statements based in truth. And it's not his fault. I'm not trying to say my son has problems with reality. He's being coached by his father, in my opinion, because there's too many coincidences of what he's saying, which mirror so frequently what my ex has been complaining about me doing. We make it through this session. It was a very rough session. My son kept yelling at me and asking questions. And as I tried to give him information, he would just scream over me. He wouldn't even let me get the words out. And if he did let me tell him my side of what I was trying to share with him, he would tell me I was wrong and I was lying. And again, I'm like, well, I got proof, bro. <laughs> you know, like you can think that, but I can actually show you proof of what I'm saying. My son leaves the session. He doesn't want to go to eat dinner with me. He doesn't want to have a visit. He doesn't want to have anything to do with me. And again, this is contradictory of just a few months ago. I sit there with Dr. Giblin. Long story short, Dr. Giblin tells me as I'm relaying information about our own family dynamic and the interpersonal relationships between my ex-husband, my son, and me, the doctor tells me that he knows what's going on. And I'm like, oh, you don't think he's parroting? And the doctor says, no, I don't think that's what this, and I'm paraphrasing, I'm not quoting him right now. Dr. Giblin tells me that's not what's going on. I'm like, well, what do you think is happening, sir? He says, well, you'll find out when I write my report for the court. What? 
Interesting. He wouldn't even tell you? No. I'm the child's mother. I'm trying to find out why my son is so angry. I have my ideas of why he's so angry. But here I am with this guy who is in his 70s, I would imagine, who is a supervisor for clinicians in training in the state of Rhode Island. He knows that I've been traumatized and abused. Givlin even said, when I said to him, you know, attending co-parenting therapy with my ex is very traumatizing. He agreed with me. So this guy knows that I'm sitting in an abusive situation with my ex, that I have been abused by the court, by his own words, welcome to Providence Family Court, first session. He tells me I'm gonna wait until he writes this report. And then he tells me, or he might've told me before that moment, he tells me that um, I shouldn't be questioning him because he's going to be writing a report and I should stay in his, quote, good graces, end quote. Uh, That's a threat, right? I mean... It certainly sounds like <laughs> it. I, I, I think if it was being said to me, I would interpret it that way for sure. Right? That's how I took it, too. And I just said, you know, you're, you're threatening me, um, and I left. I'll go back to where I was staying. Thank goodness I had actually, you know, I am in school right now to become a therapist. And so I had actually written a statement for my class about what was going on with this guy's negative countertransference and his mommy issues and his bias, his gender bias and misogyny. I'm gonna say quite frankly, I think this is misogyny because I don't think a father would be treated this way by a psychiatrist. Probably not. Probably um, not. I mean, I have no way to prove that, but I, I this does feel highly misogynistic, you know? Right. So this guy, Giblin, I, I leave, and I had written that in my school assignment, and I got a trophy for my post. And you know, you only okay. get a trophy in your online classes if you move the profession forward or you offer some insights that can augment the class discussion. And I was talking about how this guy is a supervisor and he has this gender bias, in my perception, against women because he has mommy issues as he disclosed in the middle of a session. Right, which you're not, you're not supposed to do that. You're inappropriate. Completely, completely. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm authoring this email and I'm, I'm putting that attachment in so they can see, look, I know my place. I, I'm not delusional. I know that I'm just a student. I'm not certified. I'm not practicing. I'm, I'm just a novice. I'm not trying to pretend I'm a psychiatrist. Big difference, he's right. an MD. But I do recognize the unethical aspects of what you are doing and the massive countertransference exhibited by your self-disclosure. So I get this phone call from my attorney telling me they've decided they want me to have a psych evaluation. Laura Ryan and Dr. Giblin apparently want me to have a psych eval and they want to pick the person who's going to do it. And on top of that, if I'm proven to be mentally stable, I still will not get 50-50 custody because my son and what he wants to accomplish is in opposition to me, what I'm doing. So then what's the stated purpose for the psyche eval? They're trying. If they're not going to recommend that anyway, what are they telling the court is their, their justification for trying to make you take one? Exactly. I think they're trying to discredit me. I, you know, as you know, I speak to activists around the country and I've reached out and spoken to some different people and somebody over at Stop, at Stop Abuse Campaign was telling me about a protective mother in a different state. I'm not going to name the state 
for confidentiality purposes, this woman is a physician's assistant. The father has been raping the children. Confirmed, proven, hospital reports, doctor's exams. The kids have been raped. And because this mother will not pretend that the rapes aren't occurring, they had her submit to a psyche eval. Okay, now she's a physician's assistant, so she can dispense medicine. That's part of her gig. They come back and say that she has a delusional disorder. Right. They diagnose her with this, meaning once you're delusional, you cannot dispense medication. That's off the right. table. They were coming for her career. Yeah. Her lawyer had to go back in and fight that and get it rescinded so that she could practice and keep her licensing. Wow. So the court right now is saying that they want me to go see this person they've picked. And I'm sure, you know, it's happened with me with being sexually assaulted by Richard Corley. Richard Corley is being protected by a gentleman named Tom O'Brien, who is an assistant city attorney in Warwick, Rhode Island, who has still not interviewed my main witness and has still not emailed me back. I'm emailing. I've called him. I'm not getting calls back. I'm not getting emails back with a response of his thoughts on my case. So I'm of the mindset this person they want me to sit down with in Rhode Island is probably, you know, a peer of theirs. It's a friend of Laura Ryan's, probably a friend of Giblin's. They're going to say that I said something I didn't say because I've caught Giblin lying. And I've, I know Laura Ryan is not telling the truth. So what's to say they're not going to say I said something that would imperil my future career as a counselor? Right. And for no benefit because you're not going to give me 50-50 custody. Well, that, right. That's the thing. If they're not going to make that right, if they're not going to make the recommendation anyway, it's hard to see what the purpose would be to take it because what what's the benefit? There is none. And then I have to go further into debt because, as you know, that stuff's not free. You have to pay between fifteen hundred and two thousand dollars. Yeah, it's expensive. So then we went to court, and she got it. You know, she's like, why does it have to be your person? You know, um, standard is any MD who's a psychiatrist can. Yeah. So they decide I can go out of state. But GAL Ortiz has to approve the medical doctor I choose. Wow. Yeah. The the GAL was claiming, uh, and this is the current GAL who's trafficking my son, Ortiz, is claiming that um, it's going to be too hard to subpoena records. It's going to be too hard to get the information. All this baloney. Just straight up baloney. And well, they don't even have to be subpoenaed if you sign a release. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, basically, there is one pattern that keeps repeating in my case. And I'm not going to say what it is because I'm trying to respect my son and his confidentiality. But there's one pattern that keeps repeating. It happened in 2012, 2013. And to the best of my memory, early 2019 or perhaps late 2018, there's one pattern that keeps showing up that my ex-husband is told to stop doing. And he's, okay. he's participating in something that is now, he couldn't answer no to the question. And if you can't answer yes or no to this, that's a big red flag, okay? Ortiz knows this. Ortiz uh-huh. understands. If, if this is happening, it is illegal. If it's not happening, one would think my child's father would say, absolutely not. I'm being told by the court that I'm trying to remove Laura Ryan, which I'm not supposed to do. I'm being told by the court that I have recorded a dinner visit 
which I absolutely did not record and actually gave proof it couldn't have happened. You know, when you tape record on an iPhone, your phone would blink bright red that you're recording. I gave my son my phone to take my picture. He had it for a few minutes. He took a, several pictures of me and handed it back to me. He would have seen the red light go off. His father was sitting right next to him. He would have seen the red light go off. When my son gave me the photos, I looked through them and I handed my phone back to my child and I said, please take a few more photos, which means my son was given my phone twice. Now, if I'm court ordered not to record, why would I give my son the recording device and ask him to take my picture? So Elizabeth Ortiz, Laura Ryan and Giblin are now saying that I did record that visit when I have stated emphatically I did not do so. And that's one of the things Giblin was trying to get me to admit to was taping that dinner. And I kept saying that didn't happen. I have a time and date stamp for everything I've recorded, which, by the way, in Rhode Island, one party consent state, it doesn't matter if the person that you are with does or does not give you permission to record conversation. You are legally, constitutionally allowed to do so. Same here. So these people are saying I recorded something I didn't record. So I'm being railroaded by this family court system. And it shocks me that after all this, to think that I'm a liar, to think that I would lose my career, because, you know, they've been monitoring my material for years, saying that my son was going to grow up and it was going to basically offend him and, you know, harm him. So I haven't been promoting myself for years. I've been interacting much less with fans. I used to do relationship material. I switched over to political material because I figured nobody's going to get really upset about this. <laughs> you know? Um, so I've lost basically my career. I've lost my way to sustain my income in part because of this family court situation, being sexually assaulted by Coralie, the Laura Ryan report. They've tried to take my Facebook page away. Uh, San Giovanni tried to shut down my Facebook page I don't know if it was 2012 or 2013. He actually tried to close my fan page and my lawyer had to fight for that. So I've been forced to put out hundreds of thousands of dollars to protect my child and just try to navigate family court. And after all of this, you still think I'm the one lying. Why would any woman go through what I have gone through, be withheld from her child, lose her career, become destitute, by legal fees I pay child support why would I go through all of this if this wasn't happening and if I wasn't telling the truth I would be out of my mind right if I were out of my mind how do I have a 4.0 in my program and have evidence nobody's looking at rationally or taking into account the scientific evidence of the fact that my child is harmed by being taken from his mother, by disclosing abuse and not being protected, and placed with a guy who lies to the court. I really wish I could say your story is unusual. Maybe it is for the number of players that are involved, but honestly, a family court operates like this quite frequently. And it's maddening to watch. Um, particularly from the outside because you're like how do you not know or how can you not see it and I think I've become jaded and just I don't know I, I question do the judges really not see it do they really think these people are lying 
Or maybe they do and they don't care. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but it keeps me up at night sometimes because it's, it's a travesty and children are being handed over to their abusers on a regular basis. This is happening. 58,000 children each year in this country are given to parents who are abusing them, typically dads. There's some horrible moms out there too. I'm not trying to say like our gender is above reproach. But the overwhelming majority of these abusive parents are dads, and right. And when a mo- when the mom is the is the abuser, she's very much more likely to have her custody taken away. Men are cut a lot more slack and allowed to keep the children as long as they say they're not abusing them. <laughs> right. Well, you know, it's obvious that's what's happening, in my opinion. And what's really frustrating is this, Ms. Ortiz. She was on board. She was identifying that things were happening that shouldn't happen. It's been relayed to me that she actually screamed at my ex-husband at one point in court and said that my son and I were going to have a relationship. And I reached out to her and I said, you know, you just challenged him. You just challenged him. You're a woman. And on top of that, you're Latina. And you just challenged him. And my ex-husband actually has a, he has a history of violence and malicious acts against women, which I have given the court documentation, proof of what I'm saying. I'm not just claiming these things. I'm not just making shit up to be a a pain in the butt or I'm not just making things up to be a bitch. You know, I'm not some disgruntled ex-wife who's pissed because he left me for a hot 25-year-old that was working in his office. That's not the situation here. You know, I told Ms. Ortiz, look, this is what's going to happen. You just challenged him and you said we're going to have a relationship. He's going to come at me harder, basically, is what's going to go down. He's going to He's going to use this to, to weaponize my kid against me because now you just challenged him and you're a woman. And on top of that, you're not white. And my ex-husband actually had an incident where there was a woman working for him who is Puerto Rican. And allegedly he pushed her, like physically pushed her um, back in the past. So, you know, this is thank you for doing what you did, basically. But there's going to be repercussions. So I've been reaching out and I've been telling people what's coming down the pike. Uh, This is going to happen because now this happened. This is going to happen because this happened. I've been knowing this guy that I made a child with for over 20 years, you know. Um, Okay. (laughs) Right. And so I've been telling them what's going to happen. And I really thought Ms. Ortiz was making some smart, objective decisions. And then once once I heard Giblin say this report wasn't real, I think that was like the second or third time he had said that. I reached out and I said, hey, if this isn't a real evaluation, why do I not have 50-50 custody? I would like to see the financial records from my son's lawsuit with the false medical record that was provided. I would like to see that annuity structure and know who is in charge of my son's money. Because I've been asking that question for years now. Even when I was legally entitled to the information, my ex-husband did not give it to me, nor did he give it to my former attorney, Richard Corley, my sexual predator. I've been asking for this information. And I really think if Ms. Ortiz was watching over my son's best interests, even if you take my statements and my ex-husband's statements and just erase that from the equation, what is going on with my child's annuity structure? Why are you not asking for information about those finances and she's still not asking for that and I'm I'm hashtagging my son's being trafficked no one's calling my attorney to say cease and desist but you want me to have a psych evaluation right I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take it I'm not gonna take it because here's where I am 
my son's been trafficked with a lot of accomplices. And I'm actually reaching out on Twitter to Riverside Pediatrics. Riverside Pediatrics legally should have released my son's medical file to me. And they wouldn't give it to me. I have stated that on Twitter, they did not respond. Because I, I'm telling the truth. Is there a reason why they were... Refuse to give it to you? Never, never. This is what I had to do, Summer. I taught a comedy workshop in Arizona. Uh -huh. I, I taught a summer workshop, which, by the way, I loved. And I know a lot of people judged me for doing it. I love teaching. I loved having that workshop. It made me really happy to have all these enthusiastic people who were up there having fun and dipping into something a lot of them had never done before. It was really, really wonderful. And one of my students told me that he used to be a road manager for musicians on tour, that he had toured Europe with some bands. Yeah. I don't have any fiduciary relationship with this gentleman. I didn't have, we never dated, you know, I, I never, I never even had a drink with him. Okay. And he tells me, and I, we were talking though, and I told him what was going on with it. I'm trying to get my kid's medical record. They won't give it to me. My lawyer's asking for it. They won't give it to him. This guy tells me, you know, I've had this experience with musicians. Why don't you sign away your power of attorney to me and I will petition for your son's medical record. I'll get it. This is some dude I barely know, sister. I go down to his bank. I sign away my power of attorney. I had my son's medical record within three weeks. Wow. I get the medical record. I start going through it. There is a letter signed off that has completely conflicting information. And you know, ironically, one of the reasons that my son, in my opinion, has not been helped in the state of Rhode Island is because they, they keep saying he's been seen at this facility and nothing's wrong because this facility said nothing's wrong. Nothing's wrong. So I'm making up these false claims because this facility said nothing's wrong. We're not gonna investigate the new claims because this facility said nothing's wrong. Right, because things couldn't have changed since that moment. <laughs> right. Okay, right. I get my son's medical record, Summer. There's a document in there signed off by that facility. They've never seen him. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. According to this record, they've never seen my child, and he never saw this person involved. My son actually saw this person involved for an extended length of time. Okay, so there's two points of conflict in this document that I had to sign away my power of attorney to come into possession of. I get that. I take it to Richard Corley and I say, go back to the court. My son's not being helped. If, the, if they can say that he wasn't there, how do we know that he was ever treated properly? And, and furthermore, I've been saying this is going on. Can you please help us? And everybody keeps saying, he's, he's already been seen there. We can't do nothing for you. He's already been seen. So... Uh-huh. This whole thing is so outrageous. Why would I submit to a psych evaluation where you get to choose the medical provider when it's obvious the medical providers I've dealt with thus far in Rhode Island, the doctor's office, the psychiatrist Giblin, and the other office, this Riverside Pediatrics, they're acting unethically, and Riverside was illegal not to give me that document. My, my son's medical record withholding it is illegal. So why would I let this GAL Ortiz choose who's going to administer a test when obviously there's a lot of subterfuge going on here? Right.
because all she has to do is call the doctor that I agree to. And, and again, I'm going to go further into debt for this evaluation that will not benefit me at all. I'm not going to get 50-50 custody. I'm not going to get placement. I'm not going to have any benefit other than another bill, which is a deficit. All she has to do is pick up the phone and God knows what's going to happen on that call. Wow. It's like a thriller movie, isn't it? It's like American Horror Story meets Pelican Brief. Right. I'm so sorry that you're dealing with this. It's like all the options are bad options, right? Right. That's the other thing, Summer. If you notice these same things and you observe these same things and you agreed these same things were happening and that pattern that keeps repeating made you, as I remember, you know, the judge was displeased and the GAL was displeased about this thing that keeps happening. Why are you suspending your belief thinking I'm making up a narrative when I keep saying I got documentation, I have proof I'm telling the truth, I have research articles, I have journals. Oh, and by the way, this Laura Ryan is claiming that she's an expert. She has no credentials to back up that claim. That's fraud. I don't see her authoring a book. I can't find her lecturing at a symposium. There is no research article with her name affiliated to the study. I do not believe this woman is an expert. Why would I submit to a test that has no benefit, go further in debt so that you can claim things are happening that aren't happening when you're already not looking at what's in front of you? Ignoring all the facts that they can see clearly unfolding in front of them, or they see them and, you know, they're fabricating their story around them, right? And neither one of those are good things. And no. either one, you know, and they both lead to a lot of terrible outcomes, right? Like children being removed from their mother, for example, right. being placed right. with their abuser. I just wish that there was something in the, the system that could give you recourse. Yeah, it's it's really unfortunate for my child. Like, I think, right? you know, it's it's ironic. They want me to have a psych evaluation now. They They should have come at me in 2013. You know, when, when all this really was was keying up and I was working every weekend because I was basically a debt slave. I was so far in debt that I couldn't turn down any gig. So I was taking any work I could get, which was not beneficial for my career because I ran into a lot of unscrupulous producers through the past few years, especially because they knew I was vulnerable because of the court situation. But I've talked to mothers like me from literally California to Maine, having experiences on both coasts of the country where their children have been harmed and they're reporting abuse, uh, rape kits are coming back positive, things are happening, they're being accused of lying. I know this is happening, it's a national epidemic, it's a national holocaust that we're not addressing. We're starting to address it in mainstream media. Stories are starting to come to the forefront. People are speaking out finally because this is affecting everybody. If you have 58,000 children each year placed with parents who are harming them, taken from protective parents who want to love and nurture them, how do you not understand the amount of suffering you are causing in this nation? Or do they understand and not care? I don't know. Well, I know in my case, it seems like there's a lot of willful ignorance. Yeah. So, you know, as I speak to these other moms, it's it's got to be the same sort of sticking your head in the sand. Are you getting paid off? 
Do you not like women? Do you work for father's rights groups? Like, what is your disconnect? Are you pro-child trafficking? Do you like raping kids yourself? What is the disconnect that you are not honoring these precious children? Right. What's that motivation there that's causing you to do this? And it could be, you know, a combination of all of that, you know. Each person, each player in the scenario may have their own reason, right? For some, it's just you know, gender bias, like you've mentioned before, for others, it could be they are paid off or any number of things. Um, but unfortunately, because of the way the system is set up, when that happens, there's not much that we as citizens can do. And that needs to change. Yeah, we do need to change it. Because this has been going on for so long, and there's no reason for it. We have laws in place to protect the kids. We have laws in place to allegedly have constitutional rights. I mean, I don't think you have the same relationship with the Constitution that I thought I had, because you are indigenous, so you kind of know that the system is completely flawed. Well, it's working out with that up to, right? (laughs) Yeah, I've come in direct contact now, my sister, with uh, some massive slavers in one of the original colonies, is how I perceive this shit. I've got Dr. Giblin lying to the court, manipulating truth, trying to get me to admit to things I didn't do. It feels like a damn witch hunt. I'm, I'm wondering if they're going to throw me in water to see if I swim or if I float or hang me. Rhode Island was the last state to hang a witch in the 1800s, and I think they're coming for me. Maybe so, because you've been willing to fight back against it, where I'm sure a lot of people would have already given up at this point. Because this has been going on how many years now? It's been a while. Since 2012. That's what I'm saying. You know, this has been seven years of my child's life, my life. Our lives have been completely upended. My son disclosed and did not get protection. And I don't think they thought I'd show my face back up. And that's what happened. I came back into town with another credit card you know right. and i don't think right. they, i don't think they thought that was going to happen and i've been honoring the court's instructions i've been honoring what they told me to do to get to the next step so i can be in my child's life but obviously they don't want that to happen because they're gonna let uh laura ryan provide more false statements and dr giblin now come in with his little who are you to challenge me attitude right. so, Like you said, this is the way it was designed. This is the way it was set up. I am my ex-husband's property. My son is my ex-husband's property. And I was uppity enough to leave my ex-husband. How dare I leave him? Right, because as much as we want to pretend that things have changed, marriage law is still property law. And custody still operates very much from the same property mindset of when women and children were classified as property and they really are treated as property and in family court you know and you and i have talked about this off mic as friends um I, i really do feel like everybody in this country has their own struggle it doesn't matter your ethnicity your skin color your sexual orientation your gender all of us have things we have to fight for all of us have hurdles we have to work to get over it's been my experience with white patriarchy that if you do speak out and you are one of them meaning you know white woman you're seen as an especial threat because it's okay if a black woman 
speaks her mind and tells a white dude to shut shut up, go away. I'm going to challenge your authority. She's an angry black woman. That's that's how they are. But when you're a white woman and you say, um, I have rights, you can't do this. You are overstepping your authority. I have the absolute right not to give you this information or to question you. You are seen as an, a special threat to the system they have set up because you have insider knowledge. Right, because you're because that level of privilege gives you more standing in the system. And so it's more of a threat and not as easily dismissed. And here's the thing that's happening though in my experience, it's you are punished for it, persecuted. Even I it's going on because I am actively telling the truth. I am not going to back down. My son might be lost to me until he turns 18, 21, 25. I don't know if he'll ever come back to me. I love him very much. I hope that doesn't happen. I'm not going to shut the fuck up because this is happening to too many other moms and kids. And if I can't fight for my child any longer with all I've been through and with how much love I have for him, I'm going to keep fighting for all the other kids. I'm not going to go away. And that's another reason they're targeting me. It's so frustrating, right? Because it's like... You can see the injustice happening, and but what can you do? I don't even know the path to to addressing it. I mean, obviously, it would be have to be some sort of long term change and restructuring that's not going to really help this generation at all. But there's got to be some path forward overall. Well, I don't know. I say you just ban men. I think I think we just have to ban all the abusive men. There are a lot of great men out there who are not this abusive. There are a lot of great lawyers out there who I think will advocate for moms once they understand what's going on. I think that this problem is so endemic and it's so widespread and rampant. These cases are not isolated. Just like you say, this is not just happening to me. This is not just happening to my son. Um, a lot of moms who experience this become suicidal. I want to state for the record, I am not suicidal. Suicide goes against my spiritual beliefs. I will never kill myself. But a lot of these moms do, like Nash Holt just killed herself on Mother's Day because her sons were being anally raped by their father and she lost custody. Aww. Yeah, so these moms are put through such significant pain I think I'm incredibly mentally stable for all that I've gone through. I, I don't think that I am a threat to anyone. I don't have violent ideations toward even the people involved, you know? I, I'm, I'm a big believer in forgiveness and let them go and do, and creator's gonna take care of what's coming. It's not my place. Karma, karma has some great retributional abilities, you know? It's, it's not for me, but... Um, this is a problem. I think we fix it by telling the truth and by finding one another and changing this because it's wrong. It's illegal and it's wrong. So I guess the first step then is just speaking out and, you know, raise awareness and build the movement. I'm down for that. And we can all go from there. And if that doesn't work, we can just ban all men. <laughs> <laughs> Except for our sons. We'll keep our sons. We have to keep our sons. Right. Yeah. I was going to say all my guy friends and family members are going to be texting me when they hear this. I know, right? <laughs> like, how could you do that to me, Summer? I've been so loving. And you're like, I didn't mean you. I didn't mean you. You get to stay. <laughs> no, well, 
They'll all get the same text. Oh, no, don't worry. You're one of the good ones. I'll just copy and paste it. It'll be fine. <laughs> we'll just put you in a cage. <laughs> we'll let you out on occasion. That's fine. <laughs> Well, Summer, thank you so much. Thank you for being my guest. I'm so proud of all the things you're accomplishing. I'm so proud that your earrings are in the Smithsonian and that you were. Thank you. Thank you. I have so much respect for you. And I'm looking forward to working with you in the future. Same. Thank you for having me back. Thank you so much, Summer Wesley. And thanks, y'all, for listening. Please join me at lisalander.com. You can sign up for my YouTube channel. If you do that, you will know when each new podcast drops, every woman is Wednesday. I also have a new blog. It's called Lesbianage. She was straight up undercover. You can find that at lesbianage.com. You can also find that at lisalandry.com. Shout out, Ari Bear. I don't know when we're going to see each other again. And I don't know when we're going to talk. Because I'm denied contact with you right now. You live in my heart. And I hope I live in yours. And I love you so much. I don't regret anything I've done to protect you. You can contact the podcast at BrokeBrokenPodcast at gmail.com. The Broken Broken Podcast can be found on Twitter at BrokeBrokenShow, on Instagram and Facebook at BrokeBrokenPodcast.